You're listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast, hosted by Joe Hunter on the Sound of Life at soundoflife.org. Happy Veterans Day to you if you're a veteran. It is a federal holiday, so probably the big deal is when you walk out to the mailbox this afternoon, like I would surely do, and you know, and there's no mail, and you're like, oh, and everybody in the neighborhood sees you. But one of the big deals is if you're a veteran, get your uh, military ID ready for a free meal, certainly cup of coffee. I mean, IHOP, Denny's, Wendy's, Applebee's, and more doing the, the free meal thing, okay? I posted this link on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page. There's discounts at Walgreens, Kohl's, Staples, free haircut, car wash, woo, a lot of that stuff. You go to Outback, you can get a Bloomin' Onion <laughs> for free. Olive Garden's got a thing, a Buffalo Wild Wings. you got free wings and fries. Wow, hey, today, um, Texas Roadhouse, we got those. The biggest donut I've ever seen, you can get a Dunkin' Donuts. Well, you can get a free Dunkin' Donuts and... If there's an IHOP open, you do one of those. Starbucks, coffee's the big deal. Dunkin' Donuts and uh, Starbucks got the coffee in a lot of places. Just about every place to give you a free cup of coffee. Uh, Wawa, you got a Veterans Day thing going on there in New Jersey. And uh, the, the coffee thing, all kinds of places I never even heard of, like PJs and scooters and, you know, places got a cup of coffee. It's funny, coffee's a funny thing. Back when you were serving, probably... You know, it wasn't too long ago. A cup of coffee was so simple. Yeah, you got a black cup of coffee. If you wanted cream in it, you got coffee with cream. And you put sugar in it if you wanted to. And nowadays, it takes you 20 minutes just to even look at the menu. So, anyway. You're not really yeah. much of a morning person, are you? Waking up with a cup of joe. You make my drive to work so worth having. Thank you for the entertainment, the music, the love, the blessings. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. Happy Thursday for you. Veterans Day today. And by the way, I wanted to bring you up today because last couple of days you've been hearing, uh, well, Scott was on with me in the morning and you were hearing stories, compelling stories about people who are taken off the street because of meals. And you provided in the last couple of days 12,000 meals. I want to give you a hand. And that's a pretty awesome over Thanksgiving. So uh, what a big help in our area. Thank you very much. I think one of the most compelling stories was not only from Michelle. Michelle is a woman who spiraled into addiction, living on the streets after leaving an abusive marriage. So you're in a situation where I stay and get abused. I leave and I got nothing. I got no way to support. I'm on the streets and gets addicted. And so she's talking about the power of a hot meal in the community of love together in the mission. And now she said, now I'm caring for myself. I'm putting makeup on again. My dream was to care for my daughter, to bring her up like she should have been. So Chris is the man who goes out and, and sits down with people who've been through and now they're in the program and they talk about what it was like. He's the one that sits there with a the microphone and lets them talk and records that, okay? They're not, they're not reading a script or anything. This is, this is real. This is happening all the time. And, and it makes it so much more important. He sat down with Michelle, who had her daughter there, and he asked her daughter uh, about how she was doing. She changed a lot, and I seen her go from doing bad things and and now she's 
doing so well and I'm so proud of her that she's teaching me how to be a follower. And now we're become really close and it's changed my whole life. Michelle, I can see that moves you. Yes, I don't realize how much uh, the Lord works in our lives, you know, until you actually hear, especially your own child say it. So yeah, I did get a little emotional. Um, yeah, I don't blame you at all. Uh, think back to your life before the mission. Did you ever think you'd hear your daughter say something like that? Um, I knew it was possible. I also knew that I could not do it alone. That I needed to build better relationships with people that were going to come alongside of me and encourage me. And um, I met most of those relationships in the program. All right, so we still got the banner up, $2.19. Gives hope this Thanksgiving. Just want to throw it out there if you want to add a meal. Okay, that's a pretty awesome thing. It's right at our website, soundoflife.org. Pretty cool stuff. A great way to start your day. Go ahead. Make my day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The Sound of Life. I want you to guess who said this quote. And I, I know it's hard because, well, you'll see why. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. That's actually from the Bible, but it was actually said all that, not all that long ago by somebody by the name of Tom Selleck. Believe it or not, the actor, yes. Now known for his role in Blue Bloods, right? He's the patriarch in Blue Bloods, but got his acting career in Magnum P.I., But it's pretty amazing. He hasn't always been successful, and I'm sure that a lot of his success is due to his looks. It has to be, you know. That's why all these women show up at these recreational volleyball games that he plays in California. He grew up in Southern California, went to USC. Now he's 6'4", so back in the 60s, that was pretty tall. I remember those days. I mean, if you were 6'11", you were pretty tall. You were the center on the basketball team. So 6'4", he fit right in. He loved basketball. One of the things that he had to do was guard a man known as Lou Alcindor back at UCLA. Now you know him as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. 7-2. <laughs> that was his job. And uh, he was pretty much outmatched. In fact, he was ranked 12th best player, Tom Selleck was. That was on his 12-man team. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> so he knows what it's like to be humble, right? That's pretty amazing. Um But now he attributes his success and fortune, believe it or not, to Jesus Christ, Tom Selleck. He really does. And he didn't always have a strong faith in Jesus. He admitted that his life as a Christian had been pretty, quote, rocky at times. He's always tried to be careful how he conducted himself. He said, I try very hard to conduct myself in an ethical way because that's important to my stability now. We're in a culture that's so centered on the individual. The culture says that basically nothing is more important than the way you feel. We're living in an age that celebrates unchecked impulses. I work with exceptional kids, gang kids, deprived kids, enlightened kids. They all have an astounding sense of entitlement. He said, that's Tom Selleck. They probably don't care who he is, (laughs) you know. They don't celebrate earning the privilege of driving at 16. They expect a car. It's a big difference. Imagine that. It's good, isn't it? Isn't it refreshing to have somebody that's his, I mean, he's big time. I mean, he, you know, he's one of those people you think, well, after Magnum, he's probably just going to fade out, you know, and he'll be on his avocado farm in Southern California or whatever, which is a big part of his life. 
but he's he's still very big in in TV and very grounded, and that's a very refreshing thing. I totally reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Well, he didn't realize it, I guess. Christian Mustad is his name, and he's got quite the painting. It's a landscape art of Van Gogh, and he showed it to an art collector by the name of Auguste Pellerin. And he took one look at it, and he said, it's a fake. It's not authentic. And so Auguste took the painting and put it in his attic, where it remained for the next 50 years. In fact, Auguste died. And the painting was evaluated, basically on and off, for the next 40 years. Every time it was determined to be a fake until 2012. (laughs) An expert used a computer to count the thread separations in the painting's canvas. You know what he discovered? It had been cut from the same canvas as another work of Mr. Van Gogh. He had indeed owned a real Van Gogh all along. Wow, that's amazing. Well, maybe sometimes you feel like a fake. I mean, you feel like, well, you know what, if people examine me, and it's true, I guarantee you without a fault, because I'm the same way. Well, I need to pray more, I could work on that more, I could work on my giving more, my serving more, I could work on that more, right? And we're just tempted to hide away in the attic from everybody's eyes. Right? You look deeper beneath the colors and contours of your life. If you've turned from your own ways and put your faith in Jesus, then you're his. You're on the same canvas as Jesus. To use Jesus' picture, he said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. (sighs) Wow. Christ and you form a seamless whole. That's a great thing to remember. Resting in Jesus makes you a true disciple of his. It's the only way to improve your picture. He said, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Of course. But in him, you're on the same canvas. Pretty cool. Lord, we rest in you like a branch cleans to its vine. Wow. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. It's an interesting story. This is real quick. A homeowner, I mean, he bought a house, right? It's in California. It's an area where there's a lot of homeless people. And he got there to to go fix it up and stuff. And there's a young man. And the guy was living not on the inside, on the outside, on the porch. He had set up camp on the porch. He was safe there. So he said, well, you got to get off. So he said, okay. And he was very understanding. He said, I understand. He says, I've been doing this since I was like 18, you know, and explained some stuff and just really kind of apologized and a few minutes later, the man had a second thought. You know, it's interesting how these thoughts pop into your head. And he said, uh, you know, I need work done on the inside here. He said, uh, how about if I put you to work on the inside, would you be able to uh, live here? You could live on the inside of the house doing work, fixing it up. Isn't that a cool idea? That's really neat. Awesome. Yeah. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped drinking the coffee. I've stopped doing the standing and the walking and the words putting into sentence doing. The sound of life. Veterans Day. Thank you, veterans. Most veterans will tell you, you don't have to say thank you. We're doing what we want to do. This is, this is it right here. We know what we signed up for. We know. But I got to say thank you anyway uh, to the veterans that I know. 
God bless you. Thank you. You know, that's a blank check you're signing with your with your country there. And uh, it's a pretty cool service. I was uh, reminded of a time, and I'm reminded like every day on Twitter because I follow um, sources and stuff, you know, and a lot of history is coming out about it. one of the most terrible times in human history during the 40s, of course, and Hitler's Nazi reign in Europe. And I think about the people who escaped Germany in the 30s when it started getting really bad uh, for the Jews. And, you know, where would you go? Paris would be a great place to go. Some people went, like, to Holland and, and uh, into, the, into the hills of the, of the Alps and things. Italy and stuff like that. And it spread horribly, horribly. In 1941... As Hitler's reign was expanding across Europe, there's a novelist, you know his name, John Steinbeck. He was asked to help with the war effort. He wasn't asked to fight or visit troops on the front line. He was asked to write a story, do what you do. And he wrote a novel. It's called The Moon is Down. And it is about a peaceful land that gets invaded by an evil regime. It was printed on underground presses, secretly distributed throughout occupied countries. The novel sent this message. The Allies are coming. And by imitating the novel's characters, you, as a reader, can help secure their freedom. And through The Moon is Down, Steinbeck brought good news to people under Nazi rule that their liberation was near. Isn't that cool? I never knew that before. And like the characters in Steinbeck's story, the Jews in the first century were occupied by Rome. It was a brutal occupation. Centuries before that, God promised to send an ally to liberate them and bring peace to the world. Joy erupted when that ally arrived. We tell you the good news, the Apostle Paul said, what God promised our ancestors, he has fulfilled for us by raising up Jesus. Through Jesus' resurrection and offer of forgiveness, the world's restoration had begun. Read all about Romans in the, near the back of the Bible. That's one of the greatest places ever. Since then, this story has spread throughout the globe, bringing peace and freedom wherever it's embraced. Jesus is raised from the dead. Our liberation from sin and evil, our real occupiers, have begun. And in him, we are free. So, Lord Jesus, our ultimate ally, we surrender to your rightful rule today. The sound of life. What's the best thing that's happened to you this week? Always looking at the best. I mean, if you want to, you can you can, you can lay on the worst. It's, I mean, it's kind of a best and the worst, but I love it when you tell me like the best thing that's happened to you this week. Yes. What What's up, Nancy? So this week I was able to do a lot of things that I wasn't able to do for a long time. We started small group last week, which was really well. We facilitated a small group. I was able to get things done in the house and shop, and and I had the energy to do all that for the first time in almost this whole year. So I'm really praising God for His healing and His empowerment and His grace to be able to do the things that I wasn't able to do for a long time. I am crying for you. Wow, that is amazing. Yeah. That long. I feel almost like I've been born again again. Yeah, exactly. I mean that sincerely. Wow. I, you know, I feel like I've been given like a new lease on life almost. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Oh, you look like a man who could use more coffee. The Sound of Life. I was thinking back 
when I was a teenager, 13, you know, early teens, what were you wishing for? If you could say what you want, maybe maybe a remote-controlled car, some type of model. I put together a lot of models. We always did that, you know. i get uh, get a Christmas present from Uncle Junior, and it'd be, I'd shake it, see if it was a model, you know, so I could put it together on the way back home or something. But this 13-year-old boy i got to tell you about, Abraham Olabiji, he's a pretty special guy. Not only, not because he was sick, you know, but I guess going through that puts things into perspective even when you're 13 years old. And that way it's a real blessing. He had a rare blood disorder. He needed a bone marrow transplant. About a year later, he got really good news. His transplant was successful, and he qualified for Make-A-Wish. That is an organization that grants wishes to children with serious illnesses. You probably know about that. And you know what? He wanted uh, uh, this long-lasting wish, and he had an idea, and he shared it with his mom. And now, every third Saturday, about 80 homeless people are fed a meal by donations from local businesses and churches. And when the program ends next August... Abraham hopes to continue the work through the creation of his own nonprofit organization, which he plans to call, guess, Abraham's Table. Isn't that cool? Teenager, teenager, Abraham, said <laughs> it's a blessing to be a blessing. Awesome. Yeah. Your daily dose of encouragement. I've got a smile on my face. And a twinkle in my eye. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. I guess this is kind of the practical part of the Cup of Joe Morning Show. And you might want to take a few notes right here. Take a break. Change your life. Um, so look at this little article about increasing your productivity. And at first I was going to just like, oh, I'm not, I'm not ready for something complicated. I don't need a new app. You know, I know all those Navy SEAL things that they do, stuff like that, right? But this, it started out by saying the simplest micro habits have the biggest payoff in mental focus, energy, and overall productivity. And the first thing you do is you plan the day the night before. And I always get kind of picked on because I a lot of times vocally thinking about breakfast the day before. <laughs> the breakfast for the next day. People are like, how can you even think about breakfast? And I was like, well, it's just one of those things I plan it out. Obviously, if you get up at 3.50 in the morning, you better have your clothes planned out, you know, and you got to have a certain amount planned out and ready to go because, uh, I mean, everything is pretty much going to go to whatever's planned out, right? But uh, now they're reviewing the long-term goals. That's an interesting thing. He said, uh, just do it every day. Just think about what your long-term goals are. Just review them. What are you doing towards that? Okay? And it kind of keeps you on target there. Uh, identify the top three daily targets. That's an important thing. There's three of them. This is, it takes a couple of minutes. What do you, 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 you got to get done today? What's the most important thing to get done today? Because you know what's going to happen. All these little things are going to get in the way, and you're going to get sidetracked, and then it's going to be like, oh, happens to me all the time. That's my boss, right? And uh, one thing that surprised me, when you get up, before you have your coffee, I was quite disappointed in that, drink two glasses of water right after you get up. It, it does a lot for you. It increases your um, mood, your productivity. You feel more energized, right? And as part of your evening routine, you do a five-minute daily review about the three priorities. Did I do anything for that? Which task? Took away my time and energy, but didn't really do anything. You know, 
What people and activities spark the most energy and happiness today? What would I do differently tomorrow? Part of planning out tomorrow. So there you go. I don't know if Dr. Tony Evans is going to touch on that or not. I'd be very surprised if he does. To infinity yeah. and beyond. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Clap some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. The Sound of Life. Cup of Joe Morning Show Hotline. Good morning. Hi. Hey, good morning. I am very much missing. Very therapeutic song. Hold on to me. I haven't been hearing much of it lately. Okay. I'd like to hear it. Continue to listen and gain whatever I'm meant to gain from uh, the sound of life. And I wish you a safe and a pleasant day. Thank you. Be blessed. Okay. You got it. The Sound of Life. Here's a quote from father to son. Maybe you said something like this. Son, I don't have much to give you, but I do have a good name. So don't mess it up. Those uh, weighty words were uttered some years ago by Johnny as his son Jerome left for college. Jerome quoted his father's in his American Professional Football Hall of Fame acceptance speech, Jerome Bettis. The sage words that Jerome Bettis has carried with him throughout his life have been so influential that he closed his riveting speech with similar words to his own son. Imagine that, being the son sitting in that audience and him looking right at you and saying, Son, there's not much I can give you that more important is more important than our good name. Wow. Oddly enough, the Apostle Paul kind of had the same thought about it. He said, you know, we represent Jesus. Character is like the clothing that we wear. And the passage says Jesus' label of clothing is on display. As God's chosen people, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You're like, <laughs> bear with each other, forgive one another, and over all these virtues, put on love. Man, oh man, you see people the way God sees people? You can't. Imagine the love that comes from God to people, to you even, the way you were before. <laughs> You're like, wow, we, they're not just our Sunday clothes. We get to wear them everywhere, all the time. God works in us to reflect in him. It's pretty cool. A little thought this morning for you. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Scrolling through the news this morning, I noticed that uh, the economy is uh, taking kind of a big role in the news. It wasn't real good. You know, I was kind of like, oh, glad I know that. Right now I'm all depressed. But the truth of the matter is rising prices, and that's basically what's in the news, can make anyone anxious. It can. Yeah, difficult times like these give us, Christians, followers of Christ, an incredible opportunity. You may be going, what opportunity? Well, rather than hoard things, you know, uh, Jesus commanded us to give, <laughs> right? Rather than hoard things, to share things. God has commanded us, remembering Jesus' command for radical generosity in Luke 6.30. Give to everyone who asks you, and from someone who takes your things, don't ask for them back. Wow, yeah. Waking up with a cup of joe. Good morning. Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. I know Veterans Day was yesterday. All right. Didn't get this one in. It's kind of proving again why women should run the world. <laughs> okay. Think back when the Allies landed on D-Day. Remember all that, right? You've seen the movies. 156,000 troops. There was one woman made the landing, Normandy, June 6, 1944. 
Uh, she wasn't supposed to. <laughs> Prior to D-Day, the British government accredited hundreds of journalists and photographers to cover the landings, but all the women who applied were turned down. One woman, Martha Gellhorn. She was what you might say a seasoned American war correspondent for Collier's Magazine. And, um, well, she was born, I guess, yesterday, or in the last couple of days in 1908. Uh, anniversary of her birth. Uh, she refused to take no for an answer. Obviously, if she ended up there, she stowed away in the bathroom of a hospital ship and later landed on the beach disguised as a stretcher bearer. As a result, she was the first woman on the front lines and the only female journalist who covered D-Day firsthand. Maybe if you remember talking to your dad or your granddad about that or something, they may not have even realized it probably didn't. Later, she traveled across Europe with the U.S. Army's 82nd Airborne Division, was among the first to enter the Nazi concentration camp at Dachau. She also witnessed the fall of Prague, Czechoslovakia, covered the Nuremberg war crimes trials. She reported on nearly every major world conflict during her 60-year journalism career. She was 89 when she died in 1998. She's written some books. And, um, I mean, I don't know the review on them or anything like that. Martha Gellhorn, um, A Stricken Field, the novel. I know she wrote that, but check out that name if you want to. Quite a lady. You've been listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast on the Sound of Life, the Hudson Valley's 100% listener-funded Christian radio station. For more information on upcoming events, contests, to ask for prayer, and to become a member of the Sound of Life family by supporting the station, visit us at soundoflife.org.